it's all the pleasure's all on the book side of the exactly. Table. It takes what it wants. <laughs> it uses and abuses. It does use and abuse. <laughs> you know it doesn't use and abuse. What's that, Kevin? Hey there, everybody. Welcome back to Pixel It. My name is Kevin. With me, as always, is Phil. Hello. And uh, today we're we're driving through. We're taking a road trip. We're taking a, a road trip under the water. Yeah. Back to Rapture. And uh, if I if I got my dates right, this is the last episode of the year. Um, the last maybe? or the second to last? I don't know. But either way, Merry Christmas because it's either coming up or it just passed. Yep. Yep. So everyone's <laughs> everyone's get get one last you know helping of all I want for Christmas is you under your belt, my friends. Before we put Mar- Mariah Carey back into deep freeze, please. <laughs> get where she get where one. she fucking belongs. <laughs> we all love that song. We all love that song. As but the even chaos she causes in two months, madness. It's absolute of, of madness. The year is 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 uh, it's untenable. It's it's un it, it's unreasonable. You can't it can't be supported. It cannot be supported for many reasons. It can't the be globe supported. The globe is warming, goddammit. We yeah. can't support Mariah Carey being unthawed for two months of the year. Do you know how big her mouth can get? She, the, the, the amount of gas she expels hitting the notes that she hits? It is like uh, uh, a void to some nether realm. Yeah. The flatulence opens. of all the cows in the Midwest cannot equal the carbon dioxide that she just bleeding through the ozone layer with mm-hmm. every and I that she puts yeah. out there, even though I don't yeah. think she sings that part. But yeah. God damn it. You get my point. We do get your point. Yeah. Um. So all I want for Christmas is you. Um. And all, all I want for Christmas is plasmids. The plasmids. The plasmids. 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 Can I have a plasmid, please? Can I have plasmid? We got lots um, of people who love plasmids in this book. Jesus Christ. Oh, they love plasmids because we're in chapter 12 and we're in, it's 1955 mm-hmm. in the misappropriately named Artemis Suites. But by the way they're described, it seems like the uh, the bunk of a military base. Yeah, yeah. So it's very <laughs> barracks-esque. And it, and it, it looks makes like, sense. It looks like a barracks. It makes sense uh, because it's an apartment that has like 10 families living in it. Yeah. And we get, we. it's from the point of view of a man named Sam Lutz. Mm-hmm. Who is he? Doesn't really matter. No. Uh, <laughs> no. He's, he's not a main character. He's, he's don't more get attached. A, don't get attached to anybody. Uh, in Rapture, because no. by the time the game rolls around, they're all dead. Pretty so much. So that's let's just put that out there. Yeah. Anyway, Sam Lutz. Uh, Sam is talking to his his wife Mariska, and it's most of this part is just kind of laying the foundation of God. Things really suck, don't they? Yeah, and it's sad because you know last time we had one of the most heart wrenching chapters ever um, with a poor down on their luck couple who were the victims of poverty and plasmids. And we have the same sort of, we have a, we have a similar setup here. The difference though, seems to be that the Lutzes actually seem to love each other. Yeah. They, they seem are to, lovely people. Yeah. They seem to be nice people. Uh, they're just in a bad situation. Yeah. He, he basically got down there to work. They made it sound like the most amazing thing in the world. 
uh, he worked for literally a few days and then the work was done and he got laid off. Yep. And uh, and, you know, there's no minimum wage, no nothing, no safety net. So they're literally just living in these slums and he's just catching work wherever he can. Uh, but they've got like, but you kind of hope the best for them, even though you shouldn't, uh, because, you know, they're 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 optimistic for the most part. He's trying to make his wife feel better. He doesn't lash out. You know, he's right. he's, you know, sympathetic to how she feels. It's nice. It's really nice. It's, it's nice. And it gets the scene gets interrupted um, uh, stage left uh, by um, uh, what was the name of that that cartoon cat um felix no the one with the stage left oh um, oh oh um fuck yeah the hanna barbera one yeah oh it's like exits stage left yeah uh, <laughs> it was worth it it was worth it um stage anyway, right a, even even yeah he would always throw even at the end of his is that snagglepuss snagglepuss yeah yeah snagglepuss that's the one that's the one. Yeah. Um, speaking of questionable queer representation, Snagglepuss. Yeah. He's yeah. basically Sander Cohen. Queer coded. Yeah. He's basically Sander Cohen, kind yeah. of coded the same way Sander Cohen is. It's that very 19, like mid century, like, this is how gay men acted. Right. Uh, right. Type of, uh, of coding that they, they throw on there. There's a pink um, feline Liberace, which is to say, Yes. Liberace. Yeah. <laughs> so um, just out of basically just outside the conversation, two men ho- hopped up on uh, plasmid goofballs, mm-hmm. basically pick a fight with each other. Yeah. Um, and one man, uh, basically, they're they're just talking up a big game. And one man, the one man's wife intervenes. Yeah. And the other guy kills both the wife and uh, her husband and like just melts them with electro bolt. It's yeah, like they, they, their eyes melt out of their skulls. It's pretty awful. It's and, pretty grotesque. And the one the, 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 the one guy had the electricity power and the other guy has the firepower. And they're just now standoff. Who's going to win? Well, the guy who gets distracted by his poor wife isn't. Um, and then, of course, because they they had already stuck the knife in and all that was left was to twist it, uh, thus tearing our tender, tender insides. Uh, two little twin girls uh, come. The Babcock the twins. The Babcock twins uh, come out. It's that's their mother and father who have just been so horribly destroyed by plasmids. Uh, and and basically to the God, do the whole like poking the dead relative, mother, father, father? like, oh, yeah. God, like Littlefoot in Land Before Time. Just yeah. like, why won't you get up? You are treated to the whole realm of that. the whole thing. And the the scene ends with two little girls all alone now, orphans, two little sisters. Uh... Bum, bum, bum. <laughs> I understood that reference. I I get that reference. Yeah. Yeah. Um insert Captain America here. Exactly. Um and that and then we cut back to Fontaine Futuristics and there's a problem. Yes. Too few sea slugs. Too few How many times have I said that? <laughs> we don't have enough goddamn how sea many, slugs. How many times have you opened your cabinet and said, 
Ah, too few sea slugs. Where are the sea slugs? They are out. And uh, so they're basically working on a new project where they're using uh, a little girl to create a new base uh, for the plasmids, and so they so they don't have to use the sea slugs. And uh, Fontaine, uh, very reasonably, I think, says, "Why don't we, why don't we start breeding the sea slugs?" And apparently, that'll take years to set up. And I'm not convinced uh, about that one, uh, unless you know something I do, I don't about these 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 sea slugs metabolism. I mean, don't you just throw slugs into a thing, and eventually more slugs come out? They just yeah, that's kind of how it works. You throw them in a jar, you shake the jar, and then you got more slugs. It's as simple as that. <laughs> uh metabolism jesus reproductive re reproduction is what i meant to say but yeah. uh yeah so but doesn't matter who cares they are Whatever. basically basically they found out uh that um it's better for the little girls can handle the plasmids better than little it boys can't be can. little boys it can't be adults yeah. it has to be little girls uh something about little girls oh little girls um they get bigger <laughs> every day uh, yeah and uh so that's so we've got a whole thing about them using these little girls to uh, as a new basis for carrying the plasmids. Uh, they even bring up the Babcock twins. They'll be they'll be you know that was no uh, coincidence that they used them for that one. Uh, and and <laughs> you're you're just about to think to yourself, is this too horrific to actually work? In this world, just when Reggie, one of Fontaine's guys, uh, rushes in and he's been shot. Mm -hmm. uh, Perfect just, and, timing. Yeah, great timing to, to keep you from thinking too hard about what the fuck is going on. Uh, but he basically, he, he's been shot. He doesn't know who shot him or why. Uh, he's assuming it's some, you know, plasmid, you know, addict or something like that. But people are just out there getting shot. He says there have been turrets set up everywhere, which is another uh, reference to the game yep. uh, to help protect property, which uh, they don't say that outright. But let's face it, that's what those turrets are. That's there to all do. it's there for. Uh, and so it's it's basically just an, an introduction to this new violent world where, you know, there's crime out there all over the place. And the only response to it that Ryan has come up with is to put more weaponry more out there. Auto automated machine guns out yeah. there yeah it's it's basically the literally trying to fight fire with fire is exactly. is yeah. the idea of andrew ryan yeah um so yeah that's that's basically that's basically that scene um it's and also it's it's the this is where fontaine is basically like well how about we start an orphanage and yes. uh, they they because it the orphanage has been alluded to a, a few scenes earlier where it's like, well, would he's Andrew Ryan wouldn't start one unless it was for profit right. uh, because there's a need for one because a lot of workers have been killed and left parent left their you know kids there parentless. And so, we do and we find out the way that someone here can actually make a level of profit off of an orphanage and that is by being able to have this easy supply of little girls yep. to uh to turn into little sisters to be a base for these plasmids so uh yeah he gets to look like he is doing good work for the community while you know just furthering his own 
uh, uh, gains. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then we come back to Andrew Ryan, and he is talking to uh, Mr. Stanley Poole. Yes. And he's asking about a this Topside character. Johnny Topside. Uh, Johnny Topside. Which is my porn name. Uh, oh. coincidentally enough, I, uh, back in the day, it was known as Johnny Topside. Johnny Topside. Yeah, oh, yeah. it's good to know. Yeah, yeah. Google yeah. me, coward. Uh, <laughs> 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 or are you afraid of what you might find? So uh, <laughs> this is the thing about uh, Johnny Topside is that I, it it kind of comes up out of nowhere. Yeah, and I don't know. Is it? A reference to like Atlas or have, the stuff Fontaine is doing. I don't I, know. Because I, I mean, I've read through the rest of this section, and yeah. I don't remember seeing Johnny Topside being mentioned again. It is a rant. I don't know. I don't. And, and if you guys are listening and you know if this is a reference, please let us know. Um, I did. I wasn't sure either. The only the best I get the best guess I could make is uh, it's this legend of, it, clearly what they say is it's this legend of some guy who's, he, well, he's become a legend in a way where he's supposedly from the outer world and he's infiltrated he's the place kind of smuggled himself into Rapture. Right. And, and he's a uh, G-man or something like that. Exactly. And it just feeds Ryan's paranoia. Um, and it's, it's just another thing to feed Ryan's paranoia. And it kind of leads to him finally just crossing the line officially and uh basically ordering uh that he he wants lamb disappeared essentially yeah. send her into persephone which is um they haven't really talked about what persephone is quite oh, it's, a, it's a penal colony for all yeah purposes. yeah persephone is basically their the way they the the place they put people um yeah. and um and they say yeah just Take the kid, take her kid, give it to uh, a woman named Grace Holloway to just look after. Yeah. And that'll that'll be that. That's that ties up that loose end in Ryan's mind. Right. And it's <laughs> and, and so I'm not sure. I'm not sure if this is meant to reference something larger or if I, it's just I, another thing. Yeah. So Lamb is big in uh Bioshock 2. Okay. She is okay. she is I haven't played all of Bioshock 2. I've played maybe like an hour and a half or something. But Lamb is is positioned as basically the antagonist mm -hmm. of Bioshock 2. Um, and there's references. So in the book, they talk about the debates in Bioshock 2. Towards the beginning, you find the audio logs of debates between Ryan and Lamb out right. in public. Stuff like that. Huh? So, um, so, so since this book seems to try to tie all three games together at times, and mostly Bioshock 1 and 2... Yeah, this uh, came out before Infinite, I believe. Yeah. Um but not but not so early that they couldn't have given couldn't have right. And they, so they do I, mention Comstock and stuff which is a which sure. is an infinite reference. Right. So I think the um what was I going to say? Oh, um yeah, if it's if we don't necessarily pick up on it my my go to is I guess it might be in Bioshock Two. Maybe is yeah. is because I know I know Lamb and her daughter figure into Bioshock Two to the extent of which I don't quite know slash remember right. um, because I haven't beaten the game yet. So right right. Um, but yeah, I have a figure I, it's it's foreshadowing to something that happens later. 
Sure. Okay. Well, that makes sense. Which I would say, and I'll stop here to mention, that's probably the only weakness that I really, the one of the only gripes I have with the book is that some of it feels like, whereas Far Cry Absolution, for example, and even Halo Fall of Reach, you didn't need to have played anything of those games right. in order to grasp it. And I feel like some of what it, some of the scenes in this book are super well written, but then they also have the, eh? you know, and I, I, I was just going to say essentially the same thing. I can deal with the occasional wink towards the audience. Um, but uh, I will say this, these, it feels like they get a lot of references out uh, in a very short amount of time here. Sure. And it's right here in this area that we're reading. Um, there's a whole cluster of them all in a row uh, that felt a little rushed to me. Um, but uh, yeah, yeah, it's it's still, you know, quality writing. But I think that that's that is absolutely a weakness that uh, we've run yeah, into. And here. It, it still might come through and pay off in part three. Uh, but I'm just saying as of right now, it just yeah. feels like more of a wink and a nod rather yeah. than naturally in the line of the story. I, I totally um, agree. Yeah. Um, so we get, we finally get um, our first introduction to spider split spider splicers, spider which splicers. Are my second least favorite enemy so in Bioshock. Good. Oh, they're so um, effective. <laughs> they are so effective because they're up on the ceiling, man. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and number one, the one I hate the most is the Houdini splicers which uh, we're also going to run we're, into which we're also going to the, the book is also going to talk about relatively absolutely. soon <laughs> absolutely yeah the spider slicers bill uh, our dear friend bill is finding out about spider slicers as we are in this book there are a couple of them literally crawling on the outside of a tram threatening the people inside of them they're just like poking their head in. down through the ceiling of the tram yeah yeah <laughs> trying to get in uh and uh and the tram is moving away like they're there just and it's like bill and uh i forget who's with him but they're just like literally watching this tram with these horrible spider splicers on it move away they're not there to help they're just observing and uh as the tram gets further and further away you hear a gunshot um from inside of the tram and like basically as it disappears in the darkness all fucking hell breaks loose yeah uh and they just kind of move on they're like well that sucks it's yeah meanwhile meanwhile this is all happening greevy um and bill are having a discussion about whether charity is communist or not yeah because ryan's (laughs) open to charity uh he's he's, open to house for the poor yeah and so they're kind of like they're kind of discussing whether or not this is a good thing. You know, you're finding out how much of a true believer either of them are. Um, Yeah. I I love it because it's like this, this deep discussion about, uh, about uh, objectivist political theory set against literal mutant people climbing (laughs) along trains and threatening people with their hooks. Yeah. If you can listen to this, if you, if you read, the the discussion they're having these political discussions that they're having just try very hard to remember to imagine screaming innocent people in a tram and two horrifying drug-addled monsters with hooks 
uh, crawling along the outside of the tram while they're having this civil discussion <laughs> about politics. Debate me, coward. And uh, it's got a, and it's got a great line in there. And I've referenced this before. Something a friend of mine said. He's uh, Bill's talking about the poor. Um, and uh, how uh, maybe the, they're, they're trying to figure out whether and what the what's the end game here? Why is he doing the charities? And Grievy says uh, maybe his his own little army, army of the poor. And uh, Bill says he'll have no shortage of poor to draw on. Uh, Artemis Sweets and Popper's Drop are stuffed with blokes out of work, and if they work, they can still feel crowded and underpaid. Not everyone can start their own business, and if they do, who will clean the toilets? Yeah, which is. That is that it's such a simple thing to say. It's so simple. But in a but in a nutshell, it tells you what the issue with these grandiose plans are. It's like, you know, you know, because because that's that's the alluring thing with objectivism and Ayn Rand and everything like that, especially if you're, uh, as I've said before, a young man, especially who who happens to quietly or not so quietly. Uh, believe a little too much in their own greatness with a capital G. Yeah. And uh, so these fun phrases like is not is a man not entitled to the sweat of his own brow. It's very intoxicating. Who could say no to that? Who right. could say no to that? Who could say no to that? Except yeah. when the sweat of their own brow is not they're not getting anything for the sweat of their own brow. No, like the, the you're like, yeah, they're entitled only to the sweat of their own brow, according to Andrew Ryan. Right. Which not, is not they everyone, can't buy food with. Right. Not everyone can be great and, and not everyone should be great in, in, in those terms, by the way. I don't I don't go in for the idea of great men with a capital G. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's it, like that, the, that the idea exists. Uh, I think I think when you talk about great men. There is there are people who are exceptional at particular things. Right. Uh, but I think the great man is like a fallacy that leads to the boot, the, like the Elon Musk bootlickers. You know, yes. the, idea- the belief that that this guy, that Elon Musk is a great man and he's not a great man. He's right place, right time. Well, he had he money specifically. Yeah, he yeah. specifically, you know, PayPal to Tesla to to, you know, and he's he went from 50 billion dollars to 330 billion dollars over mm-hmm. the course of the pandemic. The man is on track to be the first trillionaire ever. Yeah, it's disgusting. It is. It's foul. <laughs> and on and, and on an even more simplistic note, the, the notion that he is somehow uh, more valuable or 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 more. Uh, deserving of happiness and quote unquote the sweat of his own brow than the man who cleans his toilets is wrong. It is incorrect. It's so wrong. It's laughable. Yes. Um, Yeah. He is, is $330 billion to put that into perspective. You could work, uh, you could get paid like a million dollars every year of your life. Yeah. You will still not get to a billion dollars. No, no, you could you could have the lifespan of a Tolkien elf uh, and never make that much money. <laughs> there are so many absurd ways I've I've read of like se- to way to put a billion dollars into a sense of scale. One, mm-hmm. this man has three hundred thirty billion dollars and it's 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 bullshit like people in this book 
and this book does a good job shining the light on them. Yeah. And other other works of art have done a good job shining the light on them that believe in this fallacy of quote unquote great men that just rake in profit and it's theirs because they're at the top. Yeah. And and as we we have arranged everything in our society to funnel that upwards and believe, yes, they are at the top. Mm-hmm. Um, they and they deserve to be there. They des- and they deserve it. Yeah, and They've earned it. It is. Uh, it's really gross. And we're a, and we're a nation with Stockholm syndrome. It's really you know. It's really what it comes down to. We are a nation with stockholder syndrome. Oh shit! God damn, are we good? Oh, got him. You know who? You know who are? I, I I don't think we need to talk too much about great men because I think I'm looking at two of them. Oh, oh shit! Good God! What so do you think, in Velma? this moment, <laughs> oh, Velma agrees. Velma does. Yeah, she would. She would. Saucy little sweater wearing minx. So does Baby Yoda. I think it's kind of funny. It looks like Baby Yoda's being censored out. <laughs> and when it's just this green wobbly thing, you're like, oh, what is that? <laughs> so, uh, so and and while these two men are having this discussion, um, a, a plasmid riddled addict uh, speaks for many people in the audience and threatens them uh, by using her powers to fire a wrench at Bill. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, and, and threatens them. She's, she's, she's uh, tell them to go back where they came from and, and all the that Ryan's stuff. little puppets. Yeah. Yeah. And finally uh, fires using the telekinesis ability fires a screwdriver at Grievy where it buries itself in his chest. Right into the chest. Dies bleeding. That is a, a picture wrap on Grievy. Goodbye, Grievy. To which Bill says, Jesus, Grievy. Jesus, Grievy. <laughs> which which <laughs> kind of sounds like he's blaming Grievy. It's like, hey. Hey, why didn't you get out of the way of the screwdriver? I didn't ask for this. Um, finally then, brings us back to Ryan's office. Bill yeah. is there. Bill is there. He is. He's kind of frustrated because Ryan is kind of cutting him out of certain things. He's not allowed in certain areas. Anymore. Yeah, he's not. He hasn't been allowed. He doesn't even know. Um, he doesn't even know what Persephone is. Right. He's, right. He hasn't been allowed over there. Uh, and he's like and and Bill is like, hey, I'm I'm the dude who makes sure that shit's not imploding. Right. How could I not see a place? You know, <laughs> right. And we do eventually, we basically eventually find out that uh, uh, Ryan has not been so keen on Bill over a specific moment uh, because he's been, he's debated, he's been debating Lamb and he just got sick of it, apparently, and went ahead and uh, had her jailed yeah. under the idea that she planted the bomb uh, that, that happened in the last episode. Um, but he doesn't, and he doesn't want to make a martyr of her. So he isn't prosecuting her or going through any sort of judicial notion. He's just disappeared her. Uh, and he thinks that Bill is pretty much responsible for this because Bill convinced him 
to leave Lamb alone with his marketplace of ideas. Yeah. Yeah. He blames Bill so hard. And Bill is like, it's real fucked. Bill's like, you can't just disappear people, though. You got to like do process. And Ryan's like, oh, well, that would just draw people to her cause. She just has to vanish. You know, right. So that's (laughs) we get a little Andrew Stalin here. Uh, yeah, a little little Andrew Stalin. And, and um, we do find out the details on uh, Persephone, that uh, it's this penal colony, like part penal colony, part mental institution. For yeah, yeah. And I you know what is interesting is um, at the beginning of the section of this scene is the way Bill figures out that there is a Persephone mm-hmm. is because the of the way like the way the airflow is coming through the pipes. He's like. There is a there is something the air is going somewhere that I don't know where it goes. Like that is so funny. I <laughs> yeah, I forgot about that. Like yeah. he, he he like whips out his like engineering engineering math smarts that be like there's there's a drop in pressure because there's another part of rapture that I don't know about. Right. And that and that and that actually is some fucking genius shit to like think about that kind of detail. Right. Um of course right now Bill is also thinking that eventually if he doesn't watch his shit, uh he might end up being in perception. Yeah, he is he is on he is on thin ice. Yeah. So but he's still but he's still insanely optimistic. Like he's still believes that he can fix this he believes in the greatness of andrew ryan yes sort of kind of andrew yeah. ryan with his help that's what you run into a lot you know when when these people they it's it's almost as if people don't get the lesson of we shouldn't put so much stock in individual people they don't get that lesson instead they say you know they're really great especially when it's plus me you know like <laughs> especially when i'm lieutenant great man um so that cuts us to uh, Lamb. Uh, in- yeah, Simon Wales and and Sophia Lamb have a have a little meeting at oh, Persephone. Yeah. They let Simon in, even though in the previous section, Ryan's like, "Yeah, I think it's Simon Wales who's like the turncoat." Right. Um, they let nice. Simon in to talk to her, um, yeah. and uh, he is full lock, stock, and barrel in on 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 Lamb. Totally. She is a, she is like, Lamb is part Mother Jones and part Mother Teresa. Uh, There is a, there is a, um, there is obviously the red, this is, this is where it gets weird for me. And I haven't played Bioshock 2. I'm all for equal opportunity on like displaying the horrors of certain, um, you know, ideological notions. But I don't recognize I recognize the idea of uh, Ryan uh, and that fanatic. Um, but Lamb is kind of this weird combination of the red union uh, unionist kind of person and a religious fanatic. Yeah. Which doesn't really match, especially if you happen to if you're I mean, no matter who you are, like whether you are communist sympathizing or if you're extreme right and you hate the commies part of the reason you hate the commies is because apparently they want to kill god sure yeah so it's kind of a weird combination it is a weird combination and it's like you know what it is is i feel like they had bioshock one where you have uh antagonists like andrew ryan who are 
pro, you know, the objectivism and, um, and, you know, no gods, only men and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. And they're like, well, what's the mirror of that? And that's like communal communism but yeah but yeah belief in a greater power a thing also. that exists but is you know that kind of that exists but on small scales you're talking yeah. about hippie communes now right yeah you're not talking and about anything that's ever been done on a large scale I, other thing is and i might then again i guess full objectivism has never been done on a full scale but right um my my thought process is it feels a little both sidesy. It very much does. Yes. It's yes. like it's like they they didn't want to go too hard into critiquing the the objectivism libertarian right type stuff. Yeah. Without positing oh like oh but the communists are just are also just as bad and we are kind of developing that with lamb. Right. And, and, and there's and there's room for criticism on anything. Yeah, you can, but this feels you're right. This is it's 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 on a level that like is so extreme that it's like this doesn't really fit. This isn't really a thing. Yeah, Not it doesn't really. It doesn't fit. And that was I think that was my issue as I got started getting into BioShock 2. It was like okay, um yeah. It it yeah. feels a little weird because they're backing off really hard against the like it feels like there was a really strong core message of the first one, and then the second one, it's like, oh, but we're backing off really hard from that. Yeah, um, it, it, like, it feels like they didn't want to be accused of taking either side. Sure, uh, which I think the the quality of of uh, one game over the other kind of shows you what side uh, yeah. they were on. But yeah, um, yeah, con and I'll say this: Bioshock Two combat is is better like mm. it's it's a little bit tighter and it, it feels a little bit more modern compared to the first one but in okay. terms of writing i think it, which is where you know bioshock uh buttered its bread yeah right yeah that's so, interesting so yeah so we're left with uh lamb essentially like uh it's a weird little benediction kind of moment yeah he's like is wales simon becomes like john the baptist yeah. In this instance. You yeah. Know? She blesses him for all intents and purposes. She lets him know uh, that she thinks that she has uh, gotten permission to be able to do therapy for the prisoners. And in doing that, she'll be able to start an uprising yep. uh, because all the people who are going to be there. She, this is a good point. This is this is something that uh, anybody who studied Russian history, for example, uh, knows anything about the gulags and, and those kind of political jails you wonder it's like why did you put all these people together like yeah. all they have to all they have time for is lifting weights and exchanging notes like right that's yeah. kind of a it doesn't make thing. sense yeah uh, so she's planning on some sort of uh, uprising at that point right and uh that brings us to chapter 13 1956 Ra we finally Rapture move forward a year we move forward a year we we were in 55 for a long time a long for a time, book that, yeah. that that went from like 47 to 54 pretty quickly we were in 55 for for quite a for quite, quite a, a spell there um and now we're at the rapture detention which is not persephone 
Is no, this a different no, they've place? mentioned the they've they've mentioned the detention before. It's okay, just detention a is jail. detention is regular crimes, right? Like murdering people, you go to detention. Yeah, the 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 Persephone is is more of the political is the political prisoners. prison. Got yeah. it. All right. Well, so it's we've a Sullivan got, uh, chapter. Yeah, Sullivan Sully. He uh, they've been they've uh, they've been hearing these stories of a homicidal splicer, uh, who's been using new black market plasmids uh that might be the most dangerous plasmids of all uh they can teleport using yep them. the houdinis the houdinis yeah so we get our first impression of uh one of these guys basically immediately they've got i forget the story the guy like basically was found he had cut some woman's head off clean off yeah her hair her head cut off her body body you get me sliced off just under the chin, slick as a whistle, brunette. Might have been a pretty woman. I think maybe I saw this chippy dancing over at the strip joint in Fort Frolic. Um, well, this splicer, he's kind of squeezing her head to his chest. He looked like a kid hugging a baby doll. And he was sawing logs, this guy, snoring. Uh, Pat Cavendish gets there uh, and gets him cuffed and tries to wake him up. But the guy's too sacked out, so Patrick gets some help. Brings a son of a bitch up here, puts him in a cell, 17 over there. We got the broad's head in the freezer, in case you want an idea, which yeah. is like, you know, uh, uh, law and order. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah, it was, it's total law and order talk. It, That's exactly it's, it what it is. It is the opening, it is the opening pre-credits law and order scene. I, I, I am um, convinced that before every Sullivan chapter, it should be opened with jung jung. Jung like jung. It, 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 yeah, so they've got. In the rapture criminal justice system. <laughs> <laughs> SVU, rapture. Uh, but they, they, so they got the guy, he, he's, he was, he just killed the woman and passed out. And they've got him. They got him in a cell, um, and they're they're discussing this. And then suddenly, the guy starts teleporting around them, just mocking them and making yeah, fun he's of not, them. He's not doing anything, but just no. like teleporting around. No, and they can't get him. And it's actually a really great action scene. Um, they're just these these guys who are armed to the teeth, who are basically powerless. Uh, and one of them actually shoots one of the other. Uh, yeah, there's a ricochet, accident. and Harker, uh, one of the one of the constables, gets shot by. <laughs> right, like that's they they are just powerless <laughs> to to stop this guy. And but eventually, between one guy with a shotgun, another guy with a Thompson gun, uh, they manage to take him out. But not until like pure chaos has ensued. And this is just one guy on these plasmids. So, yeah. you know, people are really fucked at this point. Yeah. And um, so, you know, Harker, Harker's down. He's bleeding out. Um, and yeah, basically, uh, they they end up getting him. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, they uh, has he, I think, is is a shotgun blast. Uh, it was like he, he got him. he got Karlowski. riddled. He got riddled with with shotgun and the time. Yeah, Karlowski. Yeah, Karlowski had clipped him good with a shotgun. Yeah. And some are uh, as part of the Tommy gun burst ricocheted down the corridor. Uh, maybe the steel walls hadn't been a good idea because <laughs> the bullets are just bouncing all over the place. Yeah, it's a it's just it's just everything goes to shit. Yeah. Uh, uh, in no time. And with a guy like, who was completely unarmed. And Karlowski says, um, this is a whole new, how you say it's from baseball. And uh, Sullivan nods, 
a whole new ball game. Chung <laughs> chung. It's, kind of <laughs> it's it's but it very it, it I mean that's like from beginning to end, that is a very law and order <laughs> kind of set of dialogue. In there. the rapture criminal justice system, there is one branch, order. That's all. These are their stories. Kevin, do you know what's been missing from my life uh, in the past episode or two? Uh, some some Dick Wolf. Uh, uh, well, <laughs> in a manner of speaking, yes. Oh, okay. Uh, uh, a a new another super gay musical with Sander Cohen. Oh, yeah, we haven't had one of those in a while, have we? We haven't. Yeah. Uh, thankfully, we're about to go to one. <laughs> thankfully, we are about to go to one. And this is a, is this the one that's a co-production with Steinman? Uh, is, oh, nope. yes. Yeah. Yeah. Because <laughs> the shit. plastic surgeon clearly yeah. has some tendencies to it's, make art. It is a super gay musical, uh, clearly dedicated to Slanesh. Uh, it is uh, it, Fontaine. <laughs> He's going to the show because I, you get the impression there really isn't a whole lot of entertainment sure. uh, down there. Like, cause they're all about making their own everything, which I respect on a certain level. Um, but they've only got the one dude. And so Fontaine, who has no interest in Sandra Cohen, doesn't like his shows, has never liked his shows, but it's something to do. And it's so the he only thing goes. to do. So he's there. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, he, he goes to see the show and, uh, it's just, it's wow. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's interesting. He ends up, he uses the opportunity of the show happening on stage to basically flirt with Diane McClintock. Right. Uh, right. Who is uh, Andrew Ryan's number one gal. His number um, one gal. And uh, Diane basically is like, yeah, I, I read Dick uh, right. when he yeah. when he insinuates that, that she's dumb or something like that. She's like, I'm yeah, he, breeding he her a little bit. Yeah. 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 He, he's, he's, he's doing the Dennis. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, really? <laughs> uh, yeah. And he, but he, but he, but he effectively flirts with her basically, um, you know, tells her he, he's, you know, he's like, well, if, uh, Ryan never shows up, she's waiting on him. You know, if he never shows up, uh, I'd love to be your, your arm candy for the evening, if you will. And uh, then Ryan does show up, but it's uh, after the play. It's after the play is the play is done. Yeah. And the play actually gave uh, Fontaine an idea. Yeah. He he got an idea from um, from this this little play that Dr. uh, Steinman and Sander Cohen put on. And um, it's. It goes, uh, rapture is the hope of the world, it declared, over a picture of Andrew Ryan holding the world on his shoulder. Andrew Ryan as Atlas? Yeah. Looking to see that no one was watching Frank Fontaine tore the poster down. Now that, that is foreshadowing. Hey there, Frankie, foreshadowing. Exactly. (laughs) Uh, So, yeah, so we we get his interest in that. What is he talking about? Well, we're going to find out. We're going to find out soon enough. Yeah. Um, Yeah. after that, we get a real quick section where it's Bill recording his thoughts on Rapture and its downfall, like basically, and the, and and uh, also thinking to himself, it 
gee, it might be the dumbest thing in the world that I am making physical evidence of the fact that I don't 100% believe in Ryan's vision. That sure. might be an issue. It may uh, be an issue at some point. Might be. So but that's that's uh, that cuts to a special meeting of the council. The because Raptors there's been council. some murders. Some murders and going the, on. And here's the thing is that it doesn't it doesn't become an emergency meeting for murders until it's in the upper atrium, which no, is yeah. where there are the rich folk. Yeah, they don't care about the murders anywhere else, but they happen to they, they've started to bleed, uh, no pun intended, into where the uh, the rich folk where the money live. is. Yeah. Um, so there's uh, there's only six people show, had shown up this time. They were gathered around the oval conference table in their ornate gold trimmed little room near the top of the highest air scraper in Rapture. Anna, Bill, Sullivan, Anton, Kincaid, Ryan, Rizzo um, and Grievy. Grievy normally would have been there, except he got very killed by a screwdriver. He was uh, he, he's suffering from a slight case of murder. <laughs> yeah, he, he he's uh, he is he's uh, he's he's out to lunch. Um, so they've also they also have some. So they basically they're discussing these plasmids. And Ryan's uh, great solution is that he's going to get into the plasmid business. He says he's going to make better plasmids. Exactly. Yeah. The solution is simple. Ryan Enterprise is now in the plasmid business. A better product will draw people in and they'll buy one that doesn't affect their minds. He glanced at Bill, thinking he looked weary and troubled. What do you think, Bill? Bill says, Seriously? <laughs> it's kind of amazing. Like, really? Is that the plan? That's your, that's your plan? His plan is instead of banning something or outlawing something, which is not allowed, unequivocally not allowed. He is not going to ban it because that's a law. And you've we just got to make better stuff, higher quality stuff, and people will buy that instead. And that's why McDonald's has been out of business for about 50, 60 years. Sure. Because yeah. people, when better quality is offered to them, they will always go with better quality. They that pass by McDonald's and they pull into Ruth's Chris. That's right. Uh, every the, every day at lunch. Every day at lunch. Every day. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, um, it's and, just better. And it's funny is Bill, because, you know, the the Darwinism is often brought up, you know. Yeah. And Bill is like, because Kincaid is talking about how. Like, oh, well, clearly these sea slugs are just awakening like a mutation that happened in humanity's past. It's not right. like it's giving them humanity new abilities. And Bill Bill responds, it's a bit dodgy of an omen that, isn't it, Kincaid? I mean, if these mutations existed in the past and they didn't make it, didn't work out then, might not work out for Rapture then. And then yeah. Kincaid's like, well, there's something to that. Like, they don't yeah. exist anymore because they kind of darwined out like right <laughs> it's like they they weren't they're not good like it's, i can't believe i'm a plumber how did how am i the first fucking I? person to think of this <laughs> my god uh but they kind of just breeze past it and king yeah. Cade's oh yeah like, they move on fast because there's like, money to be made the next line is but ryan's right <laughs> And the next thing that they need to do is uh, they are going there. They start planning out a raid on uh, Fontaine. Uh, they basically believe they have enough evidence 
uh, to suggest that Fontaine is indeed the one who is smuggling everything, uh, the forbidden Bibles, uh, the uh, the the products, the services, all that good shit uh, that, that they, they believe they have enough evidence to prove sure. that it is Fontaine doing this. Yep. Uh, so we, we end that section. Uh, and also that over. Fontaine and Su Chong are using pheromones potentially to control the splicers. Yes. Yes, uh, they do. <laughs> which is interesting. Um, an interesting theory. We The, the next section is probably um, the most... I, I don't know. I guess Oh yeah. I'm trying to think of what movie I'm thinking this kind of reminds me of. It is it is the most drug addled yeah. section of the book. This is and, this is to me what um your mom this is basically like a chapter or a chapter section of the book that illustrates everything that your mom assumed would happen to you if you ever took hallucinogenic drugs. Yes. Uh, it makes me think a little bit of the uh, uh, origin story of uh, oh, what's his name? He was in Han uh, in Hannibal Le Hannibal Lecter's friend is who he uh, the rich kid that he got him really really high and talked oh, him into chopping his face off. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, it, it's like uh, Verger uh, or or something like that. It's something like that. Yeah. It made me think of that. Uh, this this scene is not for the squeamish. Um, it it starts backstage uh, after the, the Sander Cohen uh, musical and it's, Mason it's, Ver Mason Verger. Mason Verger, thank you. That is it. That is yep. it. Yeah. Uh, we we start with Sander Cohen and one of his little boy toys. Yep. Uh, and uh, and they're gonna do some Adam, and it's the first time that the boy toy in question has ever done Adam. Uh, but they've basically done every other drug known to man, so he's he's not thrilled about the notion. Uh, he's also kind of nervous, though, because uh, Sander, as he says, uh, always took everything to crazy extremes. Yeah. After that last little drunken trip into Arcadia, dancing naked with the Sauternines, forcing a teenage boy to have sex with an octopus, they were all lucky to not be in the rapture detention cells. They'd gotten out one step ahead of the constables. Uh, so, you know, as we talked about before, it's problematic that, that Sander Cohen is, is one of our only, uh, queer coded characters. Uh, and he is, but he's more than just queer. This is not being queer. This is, this is a level of libertine extremism. Yeah. Uh, as I said, he's clearly a cultist to slash. He is, he is like, like Dionysus is like, bro. Yeah. Yeah. Like, <laughs> we need you to take a step back um but it also does lead to our first ever first person view of what it's like to take adam yeah because basically the guy disassociates yes he, like he thinks that he's in a movie he thinks, and, he's, yeah, he thinks he's in it but he also thinks he's watching it yeah it's weird it's a weird it's a weird chapter of like disassociated violence where sander cohen he he basically sander cohen has this triptych of of victims mm -hmm. and he tortures all of them to death basically yeah and the guy is like freezing them but he's not he thinks he's watching himself freeze them and that it's a movie but he's right. actually doing it and it's just like 
it is really grotesque what Sander does to each person. Right. And then he freezes them and takes a photo of them at like their moment of death. Right. And it's only at the very end that this guy thinks uh, that he realizes that they're people who are dying, that this isn't a movie. Um, it's a really, really grotesque scene. It's uh, it's very effective, very well written. Uh, a really, really honestly, a real highlight of the chapter. Really yeah. horrific. It's it's so horrific. And it's. Um, yeah, it's it's a tough read, honestly. It is. Uh, it absolutely the, is. Yeah. It, the, the last line, uh, basically, Martin. Um, Martin found he was drawn to nod that his hands went easily to him. He was a very pretty young man. After all, Cohen took out an elegant little straight razor and it just kind of like trails off. And that's the end of the scene. Yeah. It's like, it's basically like, you know, you don't need to know any more of what's going. It's like, and it continues. Yeah. I think, <laughs> I think we all know what's happening next. Yeah. It's uh yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's, it's, it awful is, but it restrained is the, at times. It is it's the most um it is basically I would say it's like a torture porn scene. Very much so. Sure. It's 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 kind of it's kind of in the genre of like hostile or yeah. um you know something like that where it's like he, these people are just being straight up tortured by by Sander and his and Martin. Yeah. Um, and Martin is just this boy toy kind of guy who, you know, he's a he's a himbo that was just there for for some fun and is Absolutely. now complicit in uh, torturing and murdering three people that at some point displeased Sander in some minute yeah. way. That's the and thing. Yeah, is, and they that's make how it clear these aren't, <laughs> these aren't random victims he's picked up. These are like one of them is a, in a, an assistant of Sanders and they're all people who have displeased him. Yeah. So it's like he is meeting out uh, punishment as if he were God. Right. Yeah. Um, it's uh, yeah. So it's not just random violence. It's vengeance uh, in his eyes. Yeah. Um, and speaking of, uh, of well-adjusted, well-adjusted people j.s uh, steinman we get back to steinman he's ex he is uh he's experimenting on somebody uh yes. that person is dead now but was possibly alive was a was possibly alive when he started i think they were alive when when he started uh, yeah <laughs> it, yeah it says uh it's it, it, the, the, someone's ringing his doorbell and it says damn them why won't they leave genius to be genius steinman muttered hanging the detached face complete with her nose and eyebrows over the lamp beside the operating table. Um, and they, they let you know this. He's been, he's basically been paying for splicers uh, that he can yeah. experiment. This on. guy is, is Ed, Ed Gein, you know, very much, so, very much yeah. Ed Gein, even though Ed Gein only maybe killed bit like two people. Like in terms of the experimentation with slicing things yeah. up, that's that's but very. It, de it definitely brings that to mind. Where Sander Cohen, we've got kind of more of a Ted Bundy, Jeffrey sure. Dahmer kind of thing. Yeah, uh, definitely Jeffrey Dahmer rather. Right. Um. So he, <laughs> this is actually kind of a funny scene. Uh, he yeah, because Fontaine is like Fontaine is like there. And he was, yeah. he's like, I want plastic surgery, but none of your fucked up kinds. Right. He knows exactly what he's doing. He knows. He, well, first off, first off, Steinman goes out there and it's Fontaine and his posse. And, and, and Steinman's like, what? 
and they're all staring at him because he's covered in blood. Covered in blood. He's completely because he's just he is losing it. He is like he does not know what's right and wrong anymore. And and he goes and he kind of like goes, oh right, cadavers. Uh, I'm working on something, and they're like, sure, sure, yeah. And then Fontaine, it's Fontaine tells him he wants plastic surgery. Basically, he wants to switch faces with one of his crew. Face off. Face off. He wants yeah. to reenact that and uh, and dance around in a priest's costume and grab some chorus girl's butt. Yeah. Uh, that's all I remember about that movie. Uh, but, he, but, he, but yeah, he makes a point of being like, I know what you fucking do. I'll give you all the atom you want but you're getting it afterwards because I don't want you to go fucking rogue on me when you're high. Yeah. You're going to you're going to be sober when you do my surgery. <laughs> right. Right. It's just so funny. It's like Fontaine is so he he wants something and he's going to get it. God damn it. But he's all but it's like he's still willing to let this guy cut him up. Like, I'd be like, well, I guess I better come up with a better plan. Yeah. Uh, if this is my only plastic surgeon. Uh, but so, so he, he tells him that's the plan and, and Steinman agrees. He says, yeah, sure. We got a deal. Yeah. And if you mention it to anybody, uh, you'll find yourself going headfirst out in airlock without a diving suit. Right. Right. (laughs) That's the last thing Fontaine says to him. (laughs) Right. And we know Fontaine will do it. He will do it. Like that's not a, that's, he is, he is going to follow up. It's not an idle threat. That's no Fontaine only gives threat threats. No, he gives real threats no matter what. (laughs) And that brings us to chapter 14. uh, Say what you will about, uh, about uh, Frank Fontaine, but at least it's an ethos. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Fontaineism. Fontaineism. So we are now with Bill Sullivan and a whole team of Ryan's thugs, and they are getting armed and they are about to go raid Fontaine's smugglers. This is the this is the arm up scene. You know, they're yeah, they, yeah. you know, the guns are going click, click. and they're like, yeah. right. Uh, you get you get the whole you get the close ups of all the, the wood grain on the, the stock from the rifle, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, they're getting all set up. And uh, they're they're heading on down to uh, the wharf area where fucking Fontaine's got a submarine, which I don't know why I was surprised. Of course, if they've got a city under the sea, sure, there's going to be submarines. You've got to have not? a submarine. But I was still kind of like fucking submarine. Cool. Like, Rock on. <laughs> I was so digging it. Um, yeah. And, and, and just as they are making their way uh, uh, down there, they see they see Fontaine's man, Reggie. Uh, down there yep. uh, and just as they're about to make their way down to the docks to uh, throw down the law uh, so to speak the submarine just lurches out of there and basically kills a ton of people yeah uh, kicking up all this ocean uh, and drowning all of drowning these guys people yeah decks. yeah yeah and like basically uh, the idea is they knew they were coming yeah they knew they were coming. Uh, somebody, somebody signals the the submarine, and said, "There's like a guy that they're trying to fish out of the water, Grogan, who yeah. um, I they hadn't mentioned before, but R.I.P. Grogan, Rip Grogan, oh, poor Grogan, poor Grogan, he's dead. Uh, R.I.P. Josh Grogan, Josh Grogan, <laughs> uh. and Andrew Ryan is 
is not happy. Oh, he is pissed. And, um, and because Frank Fontaine to... is there to see him. Yeah, we don't we don't have to wait very long. It's kind of fucking great. Uh, <laughs> the very next section, Ryan is just fuming, and then Fontaine just shows up with his group. And uh, and they start negotiate. They're they're starting to kind of negotiate smuggling plasmids, all that shit. Fontaine's sure. playing his cards very close to his vest. Uh, Ryan seems kind of frustrated because he's not play. I think Ryan thinks that like they're gonna play this game of gentlemen businessmen or something, and that's just right. not Fontaine's thing. No, he's going to undercut him any way possible. Absolutely. Even from like so, like Karlowski is there acting as Ryan's bodyguard. But right. then, like, Fontaine rolls in with three people. Like, right. there's yeah. no winning in this scene. <laughs> right, right. There's no winning. And uh, so, basically, uh, Fontaine lays it out for him, and he's like, look, basically, you leave us the fuck alone, and we'll leave you alone. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, there's a great section that says, uh, Fontaine's smile went crooked on his face, because uh, 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 Ryan mentions teleport to him, and he says, I'm finding teleport problematic, too. People who use it get extra crazy. They're giving me problems. I've got my own security issues. Security issues? You act as if you have your own little fiefdom here in Rapture. If I do, you gave it to me, Ryan, by deceiving people about what they'd find in your pretty undersea utopia, by not providing for them once they got here. Uh, and he has a point. <laughs> yeah. And and also, it's you, you kind of want to shout at Ryan. It's like, yeah, he does have a fiefdom. Isn't yeah. that the idea? Isn't that that's the goal of Rapture? That's the goal. I and thought the whole goal was to let great men be great men. And therein lies the problem. Most people who think of this stuff, uh, when they they when they think of great men, they're not thinking about like they're not really thinking let the cream rise to the top. They're saying, Me, I'm yeah. going to win. I am the great man. I right. can I can rise to the top. And and right. he think Andrew Ryan just thinks he is just gonna coast to the top and, and things will be great. And Frank Fontaine is like, eh, but fuck no. you. And he's and he's and he's outplaying him in every possible way. Every possible way. Fontaine basically the summary of this scene is Fontaine marches into his office with a show of strength. Yep. He's got three guys with him, he's got six more out in the hallway, and he said and he says to Ryan if you back the fuck off, the only concession you'll get is that I stop distributing teleport. Right. And that's it. Everything else continues as is. Yeah, I'm not. That's the only concession I'm <laughs> offering you. Mostly and mostly because I don't like teleport either. Yep. <laughs> so it's just a coincidence, really. It's just, and, and you get the distinct impression that he'd be like, he'd be like, you know what? If I knew that it would fuck up your little empire. I would risk keeping it out there. Yeah. Even if, even if it would fuck things up for me a little bit, I, if I knew it would crush you, I'd take that hit. Uh, so it is a really, uh, nasty scene. You get, you get, when you have two big bads, yep. who do you, who do you pull for? Who do you pull for? <laughs> I don't know. The Kinda... answer is the one that actually seems to stick to his ethos. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Fontaine is very clear cut in what he believes. Oh, absolutely. Um, uh, that brings us to a quick uh, section where we're back in detention and a guard has been killed with uh, a message left behind, basically a warning. The blood of the lamb will cleanse us all. Her time will come. Love to all. Yeah. So. Yep. So the lamb stuff is starting to spread about. Getting a bit of an uprising there. And yeah. uh, 
He goes, Finally. Lamb. Well, the, 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 the confusing part was, Lamb, Sullivan muttered. Ryan could jail the woman, but she was still a thorn in his side. But isn't she already jailed in Persephone? Well, uh, uh, that's what I think he means. Like, she, he can jail her, but she's still a pain in the ass. Oh, gotcha. I think that's what he means. Um, gotcha. It's like it didn't matter that she that she's in jail. She's still no, she, doing her thing. She planted the seed uh, yeah. in a lot of people's heads, including a lot of people who are still up there who are getting even more pissed off by the day. Uh, and uh, and so they're going to do a lot of fucked up shit in her name. Uh, and that's the way it rolls. That's the so, way it rolls. Meanwhile, uh, Andrew meanwhile, Ryan is is having some sexy time with yeah, his with favorite stripper. With Jasmine, his favorite stripper. His favorite stripper. Good um, for him. Good for him. He's, had a, he's had a long day. <laughs> he's had a long day. I'm sure she's had a long day. Um, and uh, basically, he is just grumbling over uh, Atlas. There yes. is another organizer out there other than Lamb. Going by the name of Atlas. Uh, I wonder who that is. <laughs> I wonder. And we're hearing and and uh, we're hearing uh, the, the the catchphrase, if you will, the, the rumblings of who is Atlas. And uh, which, of course, is a direct parallel to who is John Galt from Atlas Shrugged. So we have a usurper uh, on the horizon here. And uh, there's a weird little moment of... Um, Jasmine wanting to tell Ryan something um, and he like has to pull it out of her. And finally, when she, she basically she says she she wants him to do something about the sea slugs. They're like all across her the window. Snail she's things. A, yeah. yeah. She's got a window uh, and uh, and the the divers in their suits. She says they scare her. They just look like a bunch of big daddies out there. The scary old big daddies. I call them. Yeah. There's something else you wanted to tell me. She closed her eyes, pursed her lips, shook her head. Uh, he could see she had made up her mind not to tell him. And it's clearly that she's pregnant. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there, Because there's a line of, uh, he turned to see Jasmine looking rather more full-figured than usual in a pink right. negligee. Yeah, um, that's that's a that's a dead giveaway right there. And she's also like, I'm trying. I got to tell you something. And then she's like, uh, the slugs uh, on my window. I don't like them. Yeah. So and I don't uh, like the guys that clean them. Right. I don't have anything else to say. (laughs) I I literally have nothing else to say. Bye. Bye. Uh, So, yeah. So we've got we've got uh, some growth on the horizon. Eh? Mm. Eh. Yeah. Anyway, that ends part two. That ends part two. (laughs) And so we got like maybe a fifth of the book left. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I think after, we've got that, one more episode should be one more episode wrap should wrap it up. up. Cause I think part, part three is a shorten. Sure. Yeah. Part three is well, about a hundred pages, a little over a hundred pages. Yeah. I have so a feeling we, things we are going to come up. to a head. Um, yeah. So we got some interesting stuff ahead of us. That's for we damn do. sure. We do have some interesting stuff ahead of us. So, so, uh, how you feeling? How you feel? I like about it? it still. It's, I, think, I still uh, really like it. I think it has some some glaring issues that are probably more related to the fact that it had to be based on Bioshock. Yeah. Itself. Yeah. Like the the depiction of Sander Cohen. Um. You know some of the the way it it does the winks and the nods, but overall right. I still really like it. Yeah. Yeah. Same. I I think those are my main issues. Um. And yeah, and the and the references to the game, uh, the little yeah, it, that's 
It's, it's just it, it gets there. You get a little stumbly at certain yeah. points, a little sloppy. You but, know what I do? I, I really like so and I hate to keep comparing it to like Dead Space Martyr, but we just read it and it's still yeah, very it's fresh, fresh in, in my mind. mind yeah. Is yeah. that so when we get the twins, the little sisters mm-hmm. that are like, that's the whole setup. I feel like in Dead Space Martyr, the way that scene would have played out is we would have had one of the characters recapping that um, like kind of awkwardly and shortly like, oh, yeah, these telling us these two uh, these two splicers killed each other uh, like they uh, two people got killed and these are their their kids. Uh, Yeah, they left behind. They they left left behind a couple of twins. It was terrible. A couple of twins is terrible. But instead we get it from like, oh, let's do it right in the moments right let's actually show the heartbreak it's so much more effective Um, and it sticks with you it sticks with you because it's a book and you have time to do that and for as long as dead space martyr was in terms of number of pages it's amazing how much time it wasted it's true um there is very little time wasted here uh there is no padding i i haven't there has not been a section in the book that felt padded to me right um it's all as we talked about last episode, we're either pushing the plot forward or we are establishing the world or sure. we are establishing character development or a piece of the world that is going to mean something in the grand scheme of things. It doesn't feel padded. It doesn't feel uh, that we certainly haven't had 19 different scenes where people explain the same shit that happened over and over, over and, and over, over again. again. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I think I think there's and I think it's right to compare this uh, to Dead Space Martyr because sure. of um, if only because they're both they're not similar stories, but there's a similar feel to them. The, the science fiction. Yeah, it's it's that sci fi um, horror. And I would say the world like, going to hell, kind the world of thing. going to hell, you know, apocalyptic ish. Right, um, portents right. of of bad futures, yeah, um, that kind of stuff. They they all have. I mean, obviously, the balance of those genres is different different between the two of them. Would, right. If you were like putting them on sliders, I would say it's like it's one seventy percent to thirty percent, whatever. They still have right. some cool some elements. They're still the ingredients are the same are similar. It's like a burrito versus a taco. You know? Right, right. There's there's a lot of similarities, but but ones people are going to prefer one over the other. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, yeah, this is this is definitely um, the the writing is so solid. This guy is this guy is um, he was he was absolutely the right person to do the job here. I agree. Great writer. I agree. John um, Shirley, good stuff. So, so that'll do it for today's episode. Oh, um, yeah. If you enjoy what we do, please rate us five stars on Apple and uh, follow us on Spotify or whatever podcast catcher that you uh, prefer to use. Uh, it really helps when you follow us. It really helps when you share our stuff. Tell a friend about us. Um, and please follow us on Twitter at PixelitPod. You can check out our website at PixelitPod.com. And uh, we have Instagram, Pixelit Pod. It's all good. Go check it out. Fun times. And uh, that'll about do it. Have a good night, everybody. Good night.